Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Payoff Podcast. I'm Will Foley. Matt Press here. Matt Sebri. How are you guys doing in general? Not even just your days, but like, we haven't talked in a while. How have you guys been? I've, I've been doing pretty good. I had, a, I had a nice spring break down in Florida. I'm a little a little tired now. School stuff heating up, but I think I'm doing pretty pretty good. I'm all right, too. How, wait, where in Florida were you? Panama City Beach. What was the weather like there? It rained for only like one day, but it was Dang. it was pretty warm. That's nice. The whole time. It, was, it was nice. Because I know I, I stayed here in Bloomington. I th- I'm pretty sure you stayed in Bloomington as well. I went, other Bloomington. I went home you went, to Bloomington. You went home to Bloomington, yeah. of course. Yeah. The weather here was terrible. The whole week of spring break, it was like 40 and raining. Um, yeah. On that note. Much better weather. Um, hey, we talk about Indiana women's basketball. They were in the NCAA tournament. Hey, speaking of seed. that, speaking <laughs> of that week that we're all talking about, they won their first round game, which Purdue men's basketball did not do as a one seed. <laughs> and a then lot they of fans, <laughs> by the way, a lot of lot of uh, signs last weekend for IU, but talking about that Purdue loss, correct? And then they lost second round to nine seeded Miami, seventy to sixty eight. Uh, we can start with the tournament opening win. Uh, they beat Tennessee Tech seventy-seven to forty-seven. If we want to, you know, dive into that. No yeah. Mackenzie Holmes that game. Yeah. So yeah, that's the first thing I was gonna say. No Mackenzie Holmes. That kind of seemed like more just a precautionary thing, just because you didn't necessarily need her against a team of that caliber. But um, it was listed as lingering knee soreness, if I remember right. So. But she was more on just a if-needed play basis. And after the first quarter, it kind of seemed like Indiana would need her. It was um, pulling up the stats. Here we go. Tied 18-18 after the first quarter. Tennessee Tech was unconscious from three. And Indiana obviously could not slow them down or get much going on offense. But then it's a one against a 16. They took over. 21-9 the second quarter and just kind of routed them from there on out 77 47 was your final from assembly hall uh Sydney Parrish led with 19 points Grace Berger 17 Yarden Garzone had 12 it was after the first quarter just your traditional first round 116 blowout nothing too crazy if I don't remember one oh one thing the mascot Tennessee Tech <laughs> was electric. Their their band too. Game. Band was great too. Yeah, yeah. So they made it fun. It was an entertaining day, but a big Indiana win. That's yeah. awesome eagle for you, by the way. That's awesome his name. eagle. Yes, for you. yes. Um, yeah. Big shout out to for being a 16 seed. Tennessee Tech brought the energy, mm-hmm. both there, both on the court and off the court. They, I mean, where we were seated, where I was seated, I should say. You guys were elsewhere. Where I was seated uh, with some other members of the media. Um, the Tennessee Tech fans were right behind us. And they were shouting and cheering the entire game, even when it was a done deal. Um, but, yeah, the band was right there. They were bringing the energy all game. Uh, same with uh, the mascot, as you said. Um, and, yeah, uh, you, you kind of touched on it already. Mackenzie Holmes not being there allowed uh, Tennessee Tech to do some stuff. Um, Lily Meister, she stepped up big. Um, she started, got her first career start, the freshman forward. Um, 
obviously she's not going to even next season she's not going to be a huge player for this team just because she will still be behind Mackenzie Holmes uh and Mackenzie Holmes figures to be a national player of the year candidate next year uh but Meister getting her first start she played well um had a few you know miscues but uh for freshman getting her first start in a tournament game regardless of opponent she played really well had uh one, arguably the best game of her young career um seven points four rebounds three blocks yeah yeah and i'm i'm pretty sure those three i i had a note for it during the game i don't have it up right now but um i'm pretty sure those three blocks came on across four possessions like it was block uh possession off block block um it was just really impressive stuff uh and she doesn't quite have the size that Mackenzie holmes has so um being able to do that still is is very impressive. Yeah, just kind of a not a lot to say about this game. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. We we can move on to uh, their second round exit against Miami, nine seeded Miami, who by the way was down seventeen at halftime in their first round game against eight seeded Oklahoma State. They come back, they win that game, uh, not on the with a defensive stop in the final possession. Um, then they come out and they came out on fire against Indiana. Uh, won the first quarter by eight points. Then won the second quarter again. They were up twelve at halftime. Uh, Destiny Harden was balling. Uh, she had twelve points in the first half. Lola Pendande had twelve points in the first half. Uh, you could tell Mackenzie Holmes had one not played in a while and two was not a hundred percent healthy, yeah. especially in that first half. Uh, Miami was hitting threes to start the game. Harden was three of four in the first half. Well, and IU was not hitting threes. Correct. Was the big thing. In the first half, first half shooting, one of eight from three, yeah. 34% from the field. Um, and then their second three-pointer I used was a Grace Burger three-pointer. which when start the second yes, half? Yes, which yeah. when, you're, when your second three-pointer of the game is coming from Grace Burger to start the second half, you are not shooting too hot. Uh, no, no offense to Grace Burger, of course, we'll – I'm sure talk about her more later, but not a three-point shooter. In addition to Holmes' defensive struggles, that's the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, uh, two of nine from in the first half, four points. Uh, keep in mind she shot 50% or higher in pretty sure every single game or maybe with the exception of one game. Uh, and then in the second half, she woke up, especially in the, she played the entire third quarter, which on a bum knee is pretty impressive. Uh, she had 18 in total in the second half. 12 of those in the third, uh, won the third quarter 19 to eight. You know, it's the typical third quarter run from Indiana that we've seen. The energy was in the building and they just kept cutting it. It was one at the end of the third quarter. And then they just never took the lead, uh, back and forth. Uh, we can get into the final possessions, uh, what went wrong there, but yeah, two point loss season ended. Yeah. But, before that, kind of more more so in the first half, it kind of had a really similar script to the men's game of Miami Indiana. <laughs> Against Miami. Oh, uh, yeah. Also, um, Indiana-Miami second round NCAA tournament game in that <laughs> Miami, for both men and women, was just so much more energetic, especially on the boards, which, especially for the women's team, is was really shocking to see, just given how strong they are defensively and on the glass on both ends. So Miami kind of dominating in terms of hustle and effort was interesting. But then also we talked about Miami shooting. 
that was similar to the men's game too, where it was just kind of every shot was going in. It took there was that one bounce where it was like two off the rim and then went in almost identical to Isaiah Wong in the men's game, I think it was. And um yeah, they were on fire and Indiana just kind of came alive a little too late and then we can kind of get into the final sequences if we want. Yeah, um uh I was sorry, I was <laughs> to explain to the two people in here. I was going back and listening to what uh Lily Meister had said about Lola Pendande after the game because um, especially there into early on, she really set the tone for Miami, got them out to that um, early lead, uh, and she just dominated the post. There's no other way around it. She went into, you know, Mackenzie Holmes' building and just dominated the post. Uh, and um, after the game, Lily Meister uh, just, you know, complimented her, didn't really say, uh, I think like many players, IU players, she was just a little bit, uh, shocked by the loss. Um, but just, I mean, talked about uh, Pendande's strength and size, and I think that's something that inside, in that willingness to, to be physical on top of that size, uh, which is something that I use bigs and I as a team really hasn't seen this season yet, where, you know, they go against an opponent who's willing to bang with them like that. Uh, which I think kind of got IU off, one, off, off their uh, rhythm. One team I would say who does that was Ohio State. Yes, yes, I think team. I think that's a that's a great uh, yeah. And it made no difference in the first two games when they got blown out, but uh, in tournament time when obviously they are on a great run right now, uh, yeah, physical play, physical press, defense mm-hmm. really got to them. Cody McMahon with the size and strength to match up with anyone. Cody McMahon, by the way, we I'm sure we'll talk about this a bit at some other point. She's going to, like, we've talked about this a bit already. She's going to be so good. Like, she's already so good. She is going to be, I mean, give it, like, a year. Once, once Caitlin Clark and Mackenzie Holmes graduate, I honestly think she instantly becomes one of the favorites for Big Ten Player of the Year. I, I think she has yeah. that potential. I mean, she for is... her to match up with Mackenzie Holmes in the Big Ten Tournament semifinals like she did. And she's out freshman. of position. Out of position. As, as a freshman, out of like, position to go against. Ridiculous. The... After catching a Graceburger knee to the face. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Cody McMahon. So um, that that's I'm... really off topic, but uh, back to the Miami game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. IDSnews.com, of course. Uh, my post-game article was – it was basically a play-by-play of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, they just – Indiana had so many opportunities, and it just kept on giving them away. Even back to the first half, uh, they cut the deficit to five with two and a half to go, and then they gave up a 9-2 run to end the half, and then it was 12. So then you got a claw back, and then you get it to – one and then you light up a three and then you it just went on and on uh miami was pretty good at the free throw line down the stretch and just in the game in general uh 18 to 25 i mean 72 percent, but on a high volume that's pretty good um and indiana got chances let me find because destiny harden who was awesome all game missed a free throw well, first, okay. Teams were at 60. Mackenzie Holmes makes an and one. 
and then misses the free throw to take the lead. That was, I th- I think, the crowd in Assembly Hall at that point was like, all right, this is it. We're going to take the lead and cruise from here. Missed it front end, or f- like front iron. And then keep on going down. Oh, that's what it was. Harden split a pair of free throws, and I think IU was down one. And then that was Chloe Moore McNeil. Was that? I thought that was after Harden had missed back-to-back free throws because Harden missed a fair few down the stretch there. She missed the pair later on. Actually. Oh, yes. that was okay. Yeah. So this was uh, Garzon hit a corner three. Oh, this was after Garzon's first triple. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And then Chloe Moore McNeil. Mackenzie Holmes is coming on her right side for a ball screen. She kind of jabs it, goes to the basket, wide open lip. This is a left-handed guard on the left side, and she just, like, blows it. She just it. missed it. I mean, it just happens. You, she just she just missed the shot, which and is— She missed it badly, like, which was kind of—I don't think she expected to be one that wide open. Yeah, and that's kind of what I saw, too, because there was just so much power on her layup that it was almost, like, shocked that it wasn't contested at yeah. all. So maybe some nerves there, but, but as I'm, good as it look as they could have gotten. Yeah, and like a shot that I'm fairly confident in saying Chloe Moore McNeil hits 99 times out of 100, yeah. if not more than that. Um, and then yeah, and then that was when Harden gets fouled again, misses two. Harden was Harden's a 70 percent free throw shooter, and she missed three of four in a stretch to give IU multiple chances. And this was when Grace Berger, this was a questionable possession, I think, by the way. Uh, there were, what, like 20 seconds oh, this left? this one. Yeah, yeah, 30 yeah, 30 seconds yeah. left. Indiana could have held for the last uh, last shot down one, and they did not. And Grace Berger just backed into the paint, turned around uh, her typical mid-range, and she just missed it. And then... That one was really contested, too. Yeah. Uh, and early in the shot clock. Yeah. I mean, obviously, as you mentioned. Then Cavender gets fouled, makes both. She's a 90% free throw shooter. And then Garzone. Oh, my goodness. We'll, we'll talk about Garen Garzone in a second. Uh, step back three ties it, which leads to Destiny Harden posting up Grace Berger in the final seconds. Maybe, probably a missed travel call. Hits the jumper. Chloe Moore McNeil panics with the ball in her hands. Down because you know uh, yeah, you don't I have mean, a timeout. There's like three seconds you're the, trying to get up. The the, me- the mistake with the final three seconds did not happen with Chloe Moore McNeil. It happened earlier with the they messed up the inbounding. Uh, Garden, yeah, Moran talked about this after yeah. the game. Yeah, um, and then it was it left Chloe Moore McNeil with the ball with like time winding down and no she, play. Yeah. the play that they were meaning to run had been thrown out the window. So she was yeah. And then just a uh, uh, Miami player sticks their hand in. Yep, no shot Breaks off. it up. No but shot yeah. off. So uh, back to, I guess we can go back to Garzon, who was really just ridiculous down the stretch, and stretch being like a matter of 10 seconds, because that step back three, I don't know if we've kind of given enough credit to that, was maybe one of the best shots from any IU player this season. If, if Harden does not make her last second shot, that – Garzone three is a top two or three play on Sports Center top ten. Yeah, like yeah. that's that is just it is that good a play. If just you guys clean, don't remember, step back, hand in the face, drains it, and back to so Destiny Harden's game winner. 
uh, watching it live, it honestly looked fine. It was Reggie Wayne's who was actually there. <laughs> Reggie Wayne's angle that he had behind the Miami bench. He his angle. Shout out Reggie, by the shout, way, as yeah, the Colts fan Wayne. here. Shout out Reggie Wayne. He uh, his angle, the video he took, really kind of not really exposed, but showed the controversial non-travel call. Um, watching his right here. Yeah, I mean. It's a it travel. Was, it was travel, but still. But game one, doesn't come down to one call. Yeah, correct. What what ref is looking for that at that time? Mm-hmm. Not very many. I'd tell you that much. No, they're looking for a foul. Um, yeah. And yeah. Um, I don't know if that's kind of the game. We we've talked about the game. I mean, at this point now, it's more just Garzone and and the yeah the. Just one more. We'll talk about Garzone and Berger, but um, yeah, just to kind of wrap up the everyone aside from those two, Mackenzie Holmes obviously not fully healthy. I don't think that was any surprise. Um, she did not play her best game, but you know, IU is a team that should be able to win these games without her. Uh, and Chloe Morrigan got a bit of heat after the game, but it again to to. To, to say that any of that game was her fault that IU lost would be just ridiculous because that's not the case. Um, again, a game doesn't come down to a single play. And even, I mean, there's no question that she was a positive in that game. Uh, on, in a game when many of her teammates didn't have it going, she was a positive uh, and just, you know, made a couple mistakes late, as happens. Um, and then... Yeah, Garzone. I don't really know what else we want to say about Garzone other than she's just a really damn good freshman. Uh, and along with Cody McMahon, probably could be challenging for Big Ten Player of the Year in a couple of years. Yep, I was going to touch on that. Um, I think obviously that shot is the one you point to, but just in general and down the stretch, I thought she started to drive the ball a lot more. And I think if she can start to create her own shots, like that magnificent step back that she did, then she will be a really good player. Um, like she's not the quickest, but like it's kind of like Luka Doncic, how it's like he just like moves in slow motion, but like you can't stop what he's doing, and he just like kind of lulls you, step back, hits you with the step back. That's kind of what Yarn Garzon did, and like what she can do in the future. I think, uh, yeah, she's just a great shooter. She'll be a great player. Um, and the 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 you you're talking about she doesn't have the quickness, which she doesn't. But the thing is, when you're a guard trying to create space to get a shot off, you don't need quickness if you're six foot three, because there's no guards on the court who can block her shot. Like there's just not. No no one has a guard that can has the speed to even keep up with her who can get a hand in her face on a shot, let alone a step back like that where she's creating three feet of space from her defender on top of the fact that she already has a four-foot height advantage. Uh, Yeah, um, she's going to be really special is is what I'm getting at. Sorry. Yeah, before we get to Berger, I just want to say kind of interesting, especially after how well she played on Saturday. Uh, Lily Meister played five minutes, two points, one foul, no rebounds. Um, I don't, one, like, Holmes had to play when they were down that big, even if she wasn't 100%. I also think part of it was, I just don't know if she was ready to handle Lola Pendande's physicality in that moment. 
Mm-hmm. Meister? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. That was that was going to be Holmes's game no matter what. Yeah. Um, yeah. Grace Berger. Five-year player. Yeah. Really good at basketball. <laughs> Legend at Indiana University now. Uh, she had 17, 6-6. Six and six. It's a really good game. Played 40 minutes. Um, it sucks that she could not hit that shot when Indiana needed her. And just it sucks that for all that she went through and how much she's taken this program to a point it's out right now that it ended how it did and where it did. But, uh, yeah, great career. I mean, yeah, her impact, I mean, me and Will have only been here for this is our second year of college. I can say for me at least that her impact on the culture of what the women's basketball team means to Indiana has changed just in the last year or so. I mean, seeing the shirts with Berger on it and the incredible buzz around the team over this past season has been really cool to see as a reporter and a student at IU. So that's kind of my piece there. And then obviously the emotion from Berger after the game was really tough just as a human to see that. And you were in the locker room, Matt, so you can speak a little more on Berger's emotion. But You also wrote about Berger. Also did IDSnews.com. But yeah, so incredible career, bitter ending. Yeah. Um, I mean, you guys talked, or Matt, you just kind of mentioned how the team has, the buzz around the team has grown uh, even in the past couple years. I mean, I, I'm old. I'm a fifth-year senior like Grace Berger. Uh, IU won the WNIT tournament. Um, my senior year and Grace Berger's senior year of high school, uh, now they are, I mean, they were a Final Four team penciled in as one this season it, that's a growth that is just it's it's hard to truly understand how crazy of a growth that is and as you mentioned just the buzz around campus regarding this team has gone come with that uh you know you get people talking about the games in classes and whatnot uh at least i do yep. even in in yeah in our yeah. water in the midwest class shout out shout out uh water in the midwest um we talk about like those games in that class, and that's not a media class, that's not a sports class, but it's just it's it kind of goes to show how much the campus has uh, and community has really come behind this IU women's team, and that does not happen without Grace Berger. Uh, players, coaches said it after the game. Um, Sydney Parrish was uh, in the locker room afterwards, sitting right next to Grace Berger. You know, and she had tears in her eyes talking about, uh, you know, the importance of Grace Berger. Uh, her, her full quote, or not her full quote, but a part of her quote is, she's a big reason why I came here. She makes everyone around her better, and she's a re- big reason why a lot of girls want to come here and play basketball. And she talked about how Scally is the same way. Scally is not here if if, Berger, if uh, Grace Berger is not part of this team. Parrish said, uh, because Grace makes this program run. Everything goes through Grace, and she's going to be one of the best to ever come through Indiana women's basketball, and it's just not going to be the same without her. We're going to miss her. And, yeah, I mean, Grace Berger has defined this team for five seasons. Uh, Led them in scoring. She's four-time Big Ten all-first team uh, and really a true on-court leader. I mean, if you watch the games – 
it's very clear that they are all looking to Grace to be the one kind of keeping them level-headed, keeping them cool, making sure they know what they're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard to really uh, encapsulate Berger's importance uh, to Indiana women's basketball. Yeah, Holmes in the presser, too. She wasn't even asked about Berger yet, and she was just asked about, you know, the game, the season ending. And, like, the first thing that she just said while breaking down, like, trying not to sob yeah. was that my last game with Grace, and this isn't how we wanted it to end. So, like, she just has that kind of power over this entire program that is really, like, not many players at other programs can say the same. Even if you're a great player, that your importance and, like, your influence on the program is this strong. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, there is... 20 years from now, let's say, if if IU Women's Hoops is still a big-time name, which, uh, based on everything we've seen, I don't think that's going to change. Um, yeah, if you're if you're putting together the the tr- the the statues, yeah, it's it, you've got Allie Patberg, you've got Grace Berger, you've got Mackenzie Holmes, you've got Terry Moore, and that's that's that is. It, there are not four people who have been. There are plenty of very important players who have come through this program. Um, too, too many to name. Um, but, yeah, those are, those are the, the three players, and obviously Terry Moore and his coach, who have impacted this team and this program more than anyone else has. Uh, and, yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see IU women's hoops without her. Yeah. Um, obviously losing in a second round sucks, especially as a one seed where you, like you said, we're pretty much penciled in as a final four for a lot of teams or for a lot of people, but, uh, big 10 champs for the first time in 40 years, program record of 28 wins, uh, program records of just under 81 points per game. Uh, just under 50% field goal percentage, just under 37% three-point percentage, uh, 17-0 and at home in the regular season, and four losses. Like, four losses. By a combined, what was 12, it, 12, 12 points? points? 12 points. Yeah. And a, one, and a one seed. And a one seed. And you bring back everyone but two players. Yep. This program is not going anywhere. No. Yeah, Terry Morin, after the – um after the Miami game, kind of touched on it in that everyone's always just going to remember that most recent game, people are going to have recency bias about teams, which I'm sure many people did because obviously it is disappointing to go out a lot earlier than you're expected to. But, I mean, you can't not, you can't ignore everything that they did this season. And like you just said, I mean, they return almost the same team next year. Obviously, you can't replace Berger, but it's a really, really good nucleus and a team that, like you said, won 27 games, did unprecedented things for the program. I, I mean, I just don't see how you couldn't be excited heading into the next season. Outs- I mean, obviously looking past the little bit of disappointment from the NCAA tournament, this is still a team and a program that's on the rise regardless. Yeah, and like this Miami team is really damn good. Yeah. <laughs> no one's no one's denying that. Uh 
it's not a bad team to lose to. It's not a bad loss, especially coming on a uh, last-second shot that was questionable. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this game's not going anywhere. Or, the, pardon me, this team's not going anywhere. The, it's It's been built up uh, at this point. It's just all about sustaining it. Yeah, I, I, I do have to add, if, th- if this had been in the Sweet 16 game and not the Elite game, then... I mean, it just would have been like salt in the wound when the other day, uh, that had been yesterday, I was just like out and about. I wasn't able to watch many games. And I checked the score, and I see it's the fourth quarter, and Miami has like 26 points. And I was like, oh, come on. But, when, okay, LSU is proving that they are a very good team. And, I mean, yeah, you lost to an Elite Eight team that got hot. Like, it happens. Um. Yeah, I mean, we can kind of look ahead, bounce around, whatever else. Um, we'll talk later about. We'll do like a end of season roundtable. Yeah. Uh, and kind of recapping our our picks from the start of the season. Right now, today, we're just kind of talking about the end of the season. So. Yeah. Uh. Do we want to talk about? I don't know. I was gonna pose a question. Go ahead. Do you think anyone transfers out of IU? Someone like a... Of the rotational pieces. A, like a Hannah Sanvi. That, that's that, one of... See, that's a player that like is one of the very, very few I could see. I don't think any of the six or seven of the main rotation pieces would transfer. No. No. Like, I think that's just a given. Yeah. But, I mean, I could. yeah, I could see a player similar to Hennesonvik, kind of just wanting an increased role, increased usage somewhere else. But outside of that, I don't see much. Yeah, and the thing with me is, like, if you are a freshman, regardless of your role, I think there's just a higher probability of you transferring. And, look, I'll be honest, this might be totally me biased as someone who did transfer schools after their freshman year. Like, sometimes the school just isn't the right fit for someone, regardless of the athletic like their station in athletics. So if they can get a similar role at a similar school, um, even if it's not an increased role, I could see, uh, I don't know. I, I don't have any reason to believe it's any players on this team, but uh, there's a few freshmen on the team. So I, I could see any of them just saying, hey, you know, IU really isn't the school for me. I'm going to go elsewhere, uh, be that for playing time, uh, role, or just, the school being a better fit. I could see that happening. But in general, I agree with you guys. I don't think there's going to be any transfers, really. If I if I had to guess, Sonic is probably the name because IU is bringing in two guards who were player of the year in Illinois and Texas, which are both really good basketball states. Um, I don't know. You know, that's looking way ahead, and I don't know what to expect. Like, you know. Could they see the rotation? I, I also don't think any of us know enough about uh, either two of the cr- recruits or, quite frankly, even Hennesanvik's game to be able to say like how they would fit yeah. together with each other. Shout uh, out Bennett Academy, though. Yes, uh, I know that's uh, Lene Bo- Beaumont. Lene right? Beaumont, yeah. Beaumont, okay. Apologies to her on not knowing your name. I also have another question to pose. Okay. What day was that? What day was the IU game? Are those their only two recruits, oh, the 20th? by the way? 
for the coming upcoming season? I, I believe official, so. I believe. Okay. Yeah. okay. Because if you, I mean, if you think about it, you lose two, you gain two. How many roster spots do you have? Well, you still have the roster spot open by Caitlin Peterson leaving. That is correct. That's a good point. And transfer portal, of transfer course. portal. That's true. You know, uh, shout I, out Maddie Nylon. <laughs> Um, you're going to explain who that is at Maddie all? Maddie Nolan, okay. Michigan guard. Yeah. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not, you know, gosh dang it. I don't know what word you're looking for that, right now. Like uh, acquaintance of Alex Paul. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, there, yes. Uh, shout out the northwest side of Indianapolis. Um, here, yeah. here, okay, Next. here's my next question. Because I truly do not know. I can't decide. So, March 20th, Miami beats Indiana. March 21st, Naismith Player of the Year finalists are announced. Elizabeth Kitley and Maddie Segrist are on the list, along with Caitlin Clark and Leah Boston. And Mackenzie Holmes is not. If Indiana wins, do you think Mackenzie Holmes would be on the list? If Mackenzie Holmes were healthy and Indiana won, yes, without a doubt. I, given the fact that like, if IU had won that game, but Mackenzie Holmes still looked exactly the same as she did, I don't know if there's enough confidence from voters to put her on the list. I don't actually know 100% how they determine. I mean, she had 22 the... and 9. Yeah, but she didn't look great doing it. <laughs> like, I know what you're saying. It's also a seasonal award. Yeah, no, no, okay. Should she be on the list? Sh- yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. But because of how voters think... I could see them being like, oh, she did not look like she was very impactful in that Miami game, even though they won. I'm not going to put her on the list. Again, it's a seasonal award. That should not be the case. She should have been on it as is. But uh, I'm totally guessing, and that's what I think they would do. I'm looking at the Twitter replies. Is it all saying Mackenzie Holmes should be on here? No, this is from the March Madness, and it was first of all the poll is fifty five percent Caitlin Clark. Uh, a lot of pe- a lot of Maddie Segrist up top. Uh, <laughs> someone posted a picture, and it's a cop. <laughs> like he took a picture with Caitlin Clark, and he captioned it, "Verdict is in, and Caitlin Clark will be Player of the Year." You're not a judge, man. That's, like, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that's not how. I don't know. It's not, that's not the role of police. Um, yeah. Do we have anything else we really want to say? Um, we can do Final Four predictions now. Okay. Sure. Both yeah. sides. Well, yeah, the women's tournament has. Oh, two correct. Games. We could do end of elite. Well, eight, well yeah, yeah, we'll we'll pr- just predict what's left to do in both of these tournaments. All right, tonight's schedule, because this is Monday, March twenty seventh. This is tonight. Uh, we have Ohio State. That's right. That's the right game, right? Ohio State, Virginia Tech. Yeah. Yes. Ohio State, Virginia Tech, Maryland, uh, South Carolina. Yeah. Two Big Ten, three Big Ten teams made the Elite Eight. One in the Final Four. One guaranteed. Yeah, fan can load now. One guaranteed to be in the Final Four. Um, we, I mean, we we legitimately were so close to four teams, four Big Ten teams in the Elite Eight, and possibly, like, legitimately, possibly four Big Ten teams in the Final Four was not out of the question um, had IU not been eliminated. But yeah. um, Are you just asking I'll, for a I'll ask, I'll ask double. I'll ask, first of all, 
South Carolina, 14.5-point favorites. It's crazy. That. Yeah. That's how good of a team that is. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're all going to pick the same winner. Does anyone think Maryland keeps it within 15? I'll say yes. I, I think they keep it within 15. I don't think they win, but... Yeah, I they think can they can keep it within 15. The, I mean, again, we the fact that a one versus a two <laughs> seed is a 15-point game, and we're all like, yeah, they might be able to keep it that close, is it's... This South Carolina team is like, so good. For, like, here's the... Compa- like, I'm pretty sure, if I remember right, Florida Atlantic fairly Dickens' second round was Florida Atlantic 15-point favorites. Yes, against a 16 I think you're seed. right. I think you're right, yeah. So this is a one versus a two. Yeah, I think I think Maryland could keep it within 15, but I don't see them re- realistically challenging the the win for the win. Ohio State, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech three point favorites. I'm going the Buckeyes. I man. was, I was, yeah, I was going to agree. I'll take Ohio State too. Been hot all tournament. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the game of these two that I'm really excited to watch tonight because I think this is a really good matchup uh, for these two teams. Um, I don't know. I admittedly don't know enough about Virginia Tech. They've obviously got Kitley. Um, I I don't know how much experience they have facing a press like Ohio State's, and I think I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, a, a lot of Ohio State's games have come down to their press being just really damn good. UConn, um, twenty six turnovers yes, against Ohio State. Yeah. UConn, and and a big part of that is. J.C. Sheldon being back, oh my um, it's it's really just insane how 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 much she helps that team, especially just how much she helps that press in particular. I it's kind of ridiculous that we're all going chalk against the one seed. That's not what chalk means at all, but you know what I meant. That we're all picking against the one seed, but I agree. Ohio State. Um, this is a really good Ohio State team, and it also might be. I've as I've talked with. Uh, men's basketball columnist Bradley Hohulen many times before. There's a bit of a bias for when you've seen a team in person, and and we obviously all cover we've seen IU. Them in person we've, twice. we've seen <laughs> Ohio State in person twice, um, and we've watched. Uh, we've at least been required to watch them play IU once more. On top of that, and I've just seen a few other Ohio State games throughout the season. This is a really damn good Ohio State team, um, and I I definitely could see them. Uh, making the Big Ten, yeah, or pardon me, making the Final Four. Yeah, J.C. Sheldon, that impact is crazy. Yes, like she's a first, like she was a first team All Big Ten player last year. That is a crazy impact to see how much they've improved uh, down the stretch. Also, pretty funny that is the three seed against one. Ohio State technically has a regional like advantage. I mean, they're playing in Seattle, and you're making number one seed Virginia Tech go all the way out to Seattle. Yeah, I mean. It's not like Columbus is close to Seattle. Well, <laughs> well both South Carolina gets get a home. home game. Yeah, well, of course. Um, of course they do. Uh, um, yeah. We can just stay on this side for now. So we all pick the same. So it'll be South Carolina and Iowa. Ooh, boy. In the Final Four? Oh, yeah. I'm taking South Carolina. Uh, I will say, I just I was just looking at our uh, the IDS bracket challenge. As we were talking about this. Oh, we were I, talking about this earlier. I do yeah. want to shout out us three, the IDS women's basketball reporters, who very easily could finish one, two, three in the women's bracket challenge. It so, all depends on South Carolina. So, assuming things go as they should, 
it will likely be us finishing one, two, three. So That's shout right. Out, shout out us. Shout out us. We know ball. If it doesn't, real uh, ball. Nadia knows. Sharf, who's currently in <laughs> France, um, you know, being number one currently. Yep. So there you go. Uh, Man, Middle Tennessee just really killed my vibes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm taking South Carolina over Iowa. But yeah. Um, I don't know. As I know, South Carolina is South Carolina, but watching Iowa is just. Kaylin Clark Kaylin is Clark's on a heater the right best now. basketball player on earth right now. Yeah, She's on an all-time heater right now. That only, was crazy. 40-point 40 triple-double in NCAA history, yep. men's or women's. I didn't see the end. Artificial triple-double? Was the rebound a rebound? I saw I didn't it. See it. I, it. It was she kind of like hit it out. <laughs> and a team. Still, 40-point triple-double yeah. is just all-time stuff. I will begrudgingly gonna, take South Carolina. I'm taking Iowa. You're taking I'll Iowa. Make, I'll make it right. fun. I'll take Iowa. That's fair. Uh, Ohio State, LSU. Ohio State, LSU. Yeah, two three seeds. Buckeyes, come on. Oh, Buckeyes. I would love this matchup. I would love this matchup. Cody McMahon and and Angel Reese just talking trash up and down the court oh, yeah. every time. Oh, that'd be great. Um, I also think they they would match up if that's who they decided to have guard Angel Reese. I think that would be a really good. Um, matchup of two players. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know if Cody McMahon has the speed to keep up with Angel Reese, but uh, that would be a fun matchup. She definitely has the size too. Buckeyes, give me the Buckeyes. Come on. Are you? I are you LSU. <sighs> the thing is, uh, they're hot, man. The thing is, I think at the end of the day, I think I actually am taking LSU. I think having uh, – say what you will about Kim Mulkey. Um, and if we want to turn these off, I'll say plenty. Um, if we want to turn the microphones off, I'll say plenty. But um, she's been here before. There's no question. Yeah. Uh, she has the experience. She's put a team through this. And LSU has a whole lot of talent. Um, I think LSU could make the title game then. Yeah. So that's an SEC championship for you. Yes, I'll go. Yep. I'll go a Big Ten championship. Okay, Iowa, there we go. Ohio State. There we go. For the national championship. And I've got a mix. Uh, by the way, give me if Ohio not tonight, but if Ohio State plays against LSU, Mike Sell's going off. I'm just calling it. Okay, big Mike Sell game. There you go. All I right, like so it. national championships. We all have different ones. We all got different ones. It's like fun. That. Yeah, I'm taking South Carolina over Ohio State. Um, you know. There's not much to it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really hard to say much about this South Carolina team. If you've watched them, they are just that good. Aaliyah Boston is insane. Don Staley is the best coach in the game right now. Uh, Cook is great. Um, the, all the auxiliary pieces are, are, are would be the best player on their given team if they didn't play for South Carolina. That's yeah. yeah. I guess I already kind of gave yeah. – I'll, I'll just say who I'm picking. I'm picking South Carolina over LSU. Um, I, I kind of already gave that away. Uh, they, they beat them handily during the season. Uh, I, I don't – regardless of who the matchup is throughout the rest of this tournament, I do not see South Carolina losing. Yeah, my, uh, my pick of Iowa was pretty dependent on just Caitlin Clark having another of – the best game in NCAA tournament <laughs> history. So, again, would what not, she could do, she could, yeah. So, would not shock me at all if South Carolina goes all the way and takes it. But I'll shake it up a little bit. And so, I have Iowa, Ohio State, 
We'll say Iowa. Caitlin Clark doesn't yeah. slow down. Maybe another 40 bomb. If Caitlin Clark makes the championship game, she's not she's losing. Not losing. No. There's no way. Which, by the way, I will say um, was very cool to see her live that, um, we, three times this season? Yes. Three, yes. Yeah, three well, well you, and you, yeah. and against Maryland. Right. That, that was the third time, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, we saw her twice in the regular season. Yeah. So then oh, the yeah, 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 three, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Greatness, very cool to see. Game, like, awesome game against Indiana, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've had the opportunity to watch her six times in person now. Is that right? That's crazy. Did I get my math on that right? Uh, not, not counting, like, other Big Ten games that I was there for that she was playing in that I saw. I don't know how many total I've actually seen, how many times I've seen Caitlin Clark play in person. At least six. She's re- – I am – I've said this before. I'm not the biggest fan of her style of game. It's just not what I am the biggest. I much prefer post play um, and like. He's an old timer. I'm. I'm. I am the. I am the most like bring back the mid range game guy on the planet. Yes, I know. Um, but regardless of if you know some random jackass in Bloomington, Indiana likes your style of play, Caitlin Clark is just really good. No questions about that. And she definitely has the potential to be the type of player who goes on a Kemba-like run where it's like you just you do it all for your team. Yeah, that's two South Carolinas and an Iowa pick from Matt Press. There you go. Real quick. Florida Atlantic, San Diego State. Come on now. What a fun game. What a fun game. I've seen, that's, I've yeah. seen too much too much, too much hate. Too much hate on this final like, four. Yes, yeah. How the could ratings not like this. Like, yes, the ratings as a whole, probably won't be but good. No thing. one here's, cares. No one should okay, care. Yes, about no. Ratings. So I, I'm, I'm standing Matt up. I'm standing. <laughs> I was I was talking about this with some other people earlier today because um, I was talking about it with among other people, Colin Culpa, former EIC here at Indiana Daily Student. He's a big motorsports fan, um, and a thing that arguably more than any other sport on the planet, motorsports fans love to compare ratings of NASCAR to IndyCar to F1. Those three primarily. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Enjoy both. It doesn't matter. Don't, don't be a nerd. Enjoy, enjoy car. Both. None enjoy of you. Car. Yeah, enjoy <laughs> racing. Enjoy fast car. Go fast. Um, like no one who's caring about ratings on Twitter is making any decision that affects any of this based on the rankings. It doesn't matter. Don't care about the rankings. Just care about good ball. And it won't even affect the ratings that much. People like a Cinderella team. It's just ah. Uh, this I I. Yep. The, because the, everyone complains about parody like so much. Yes. Guess what? The most popular sporting event, or the most popular TV event every single year for as long as any of us have been alive, it's been the Super Bowl. Yeah. Nothing changes that. Doesn't matter who's in the Super Bowl. It's because people just want to watch the Super Bowl, just like people just want to watch the Final Four. It doesn't affect these things. Anyways, I'm picking FAU. Oh, <laughs> owls are hooting. All right, I was I, I'm going San Diego State. Man, I'll, I'm picking game. FAU uh, partially uh, for the sake of my sister who goes to school in San Diego and does not go to SDSU and has had to deal with all the craziness in her city. I'm all in on the Owls. I love that team. They're so like balanced. It's like wow, you play team ball. This yeah. is awesome. Yes. Uh, UConn Miami. I'm picking UConn. They're blowing them out. Yeah. Sorry. UConn has rolled through every game. I don't know if outside of the IU Miami game, I've watched either of these teams' games all tournament. Um, in the men's game for IU Miami, I barely watched because I saw how it was going. Um, 
I'll take I'll take Miami. Why not? I I mean the game entirely depends on because UConn's guards have been playing really well, which is like was somewhat of an inconsistency throughout the season. But if they continue to play well and have Adama Sinogo, they're not losing. Uh, so I've got FAU UConn. You have Matt Press has San Diego, San Diego State, State UConn. UConn, and we've got Miami and FAU battle for battle Florida. for Southern Florida, baby. <laughs> I will take UConn as much as I want the Owls to win. Agreed. Uh, UConn national champions. Um, I mean, I'm stuck with either the U or ah, screw it, Owls, baby. <laughs> All right, fly Owls, fly. FAU is going to be your national title uh, champion. You have not heard the last from us. So stay tuned. This is the Payoff Podcast signing off.